0: I, I have this friend who works for the tree department in Philadelphia and she's like, Yeah, a lot of people in these like low income neighborhoods actually don't want trees because like they're worried about allergies, they're worried about leaf litter and stuff like that. And like a lot of it is us having to just educate them that actually, like, you know, trees are really good for preventing like, you know, heat sinks and you know, it'll it'll help in all kinds of like air quality and like all kinds of ways. And it's just sort of like, Okay, well, at what point is this us sort of like being patronizing and being like, You don't know what you want, right? Versus yeah. like actually helping them.
1: So here I am at 9 a.m.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Uh, What should we talk about?
0: Well, here's the thing that I've been thinking about a lot recently. So um, did I tell you I was reading this book called My Grandmother's Hands about, like, bodily, basically, it's kind of like The Body Keeps the Score. It's on a lot of reading lists that I've seen on Instagram that have, for whatever reason, The Body Keeps the Score seems like it's kind of out right now. And Mm. so people are like, oh, well, instead of reading The Body Keeps the Score, read this instead or whatever, right?
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: And... I think people's criticisms of The Body Keep the Score have been something along the lines of, like, wanting to incorporate more anti-racism into the, like, conversation around trauma. Um, so this book was written by a black man who is a therapist who conducts, like, workshops for police officers and as a way to try to address police violence against black people. Mm-hmm um and i thought a lot of what he was saying was really interesting so have i told you about this before i don't think so oh okay um so like basically his whole shtick is that a lot of what happens in our bodies goes completely ignored as an adult human right which makes sense right yeah. like you know you're taught as a kid to like eat everything on your plate regardless of whether you're hungry or not like obviously there are elements of society where that's required no matter what like you can't just like go to the bathroom whenever you want you can like you know you do have to ignore your body in some capacities but Basically, his whole thing is that we have been taught and conditioned to ignore our bodies too much, right? And we need to, in order to address things like anti-racism, we need to focus on our bodies a lot more. And the reasoning that he gives for that is because um, he gives examples where in a lot of these incidences of police shootings, he's like, the thing that's happening is not happening in your rational brain. It's like, basically a lizard brain type thing. And like he has a more formal word for that, which I don't remember, but it's essentially just like what happens when your body is in a like fight or flight, or there's also other ones that people have named like freeze or annihilate, things like that, where your body just pays attention to these sort of like directives, if that Uh makes sense. Um, Where like, you know, if you touch a stove, like, you know, your body reacts before this signal actually reaches your brain, if that makes sense, right? So he describes examples. He's uh, in, I think, Minnesota. And uh, he describes examples of, like, there was one case near him where there was somebody who called the cops about a mental health crisis, right? And appropriately, there was a social worker who was dispatched along with the police officer, right? right? The police officer, the person having the mental health crisis was white right? And the per- the social worker was black, and the police officer had worked with the social worker before, and um, basically, by the time the cop arrived, the social worker had, like, de-escalated the situation, was totally, like, had everything handled, and was just sitting on the curb, quietly waiting for the cop to show up
1: mm-hmm. and,
0: like, debrief him on what happened, right? And the cop despite the fact that, like, he literally knew this person, the person was doing nothing even remotely scary or anything or threatening, the cop got out of their car and shot the social worker, right? (laughs) And the social worker on the police cam or whatever is, like, literally, like, why did you shoot me? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And the cop is just like, I don't know. I don't know why I shot you, right? And, like, basically... (laughs) uh in the book the author uses this example as like a demonstration of like these things are not going on in your conscious brain right when you're afraid you're going to a situation where obviously we live in a country where there's tons of guns like you just don't like you're not thinking in a in a rational way you are thinking in a way that is more uh about settling your body essentially right like your body is going to kind of do what it what it wants to do in some ways Mm -hmm. regardless of like you know what your thinking brain wants and so a lot of the things that he talks about in his book is ways of settling your body right Mm -hmm. um because he's like police officers do not get trained in this kind of thing right yeah and before or after an encounter that is potentially going to be traumatic for them right um And so he does these workshops where supposedly like they go through a lot of the, so he teaches you a lot of these exercises of like, you know, here's how people are supposed to settle their bodies and stuff. And it sounds very uh, like woo woo. A lot of it has to do with like, okay, like sit and rub your own belly or um, one way to like get do it with other people around is by humming collectively. And like that's supposed to settle your body, uh, things like that. You know what i mean yeah and so i'm just so curious to know whether or not there are actually police departments out there that like actually want to do this you know like and, and are actually buying into what he's talking about because uh-huh. i do think it makes sense right what he's saying it's just that police culture seems so like far away from this you know particular like you know area that he's talking about and culture that he's talking about you yeah. know what i mean yeah um and so he's like, yeah, you can do anti-racism trainings into police departments all day. That doesn't mean that they're not going to shoot the next black person and they go into a, a count- an encounter where they are, you know, themselves afraid.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I think I buy it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I mostly buy it. I, I have been like meditating recently in my life and um, I feel like I get the. The benefit of decision making from like a calm slash still mind. You know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And this this kind of sounds like meditation like wrapped up in a different bow to me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. Um, Interesting though. I mean like. Do you feel like. Have you read. Have you read both of these books because I've read neither, neither of these books.
0: No I've only read this book. I haven't read the body keeps the score.
1: Got it. Do you feel like this, like, settling the body kind of framework, um, do you feel like it does a good job of, like, incorporating the anti-racist ideals that it seems like the public wants?
0: Well, I think that you can only, like, you have to do that yourself intentionally. Like, it doesn't happen automatically, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, But he... He does really delve into a history of racism that I had not heard before or like been taught in schools. Mm-hmm. Um, which is that like in pre colonial not pre colonial, in colonial America, pre United States America, uh-huh. um, he talks about how like basically slave owners in like Virginia and, you know, other areas in the South, but like they we they have actual letters from like, you know, huge landowners in virginia talking about this phenomenon where he was like they basically invented the concept of race as we as we know it today yeah. as in this work of like basically evil genius have you heard this history before
1: i feel like i don't know if I'm, maybe i don't know the exact like the exact kind of like occurrences i know i, I mean i i know the concept that like you know, race is a construct that was made up like during the slavery times as a, literally literally, like an evil tool.
0: Yeah, he was basically like, before they sort of like, you know, devised this whole thing, and we have documented evidence of them writing about this to each other, like there were bondsmen, right, who were of all different races, right? Like there Mm -hmm. were white bondsmen as well, right, who would work on these plantations and like would also be treated like shit, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was this conception that like, the basically there was hi- like higher and higher, there's increasing uh, class-based unrest within the population and they were worried about revolt. And so the way that they devised to address this problem was they decided we're actually gonna give only the white bondsmen land because the idea was that anyone could you know work and sort of like you know the idea of indentured servitude is a, and eventually you'll work enough that you will be able to pay your way out of your yeah. servitude, right? Um so they basically only let the white people do this and did not let any of the black people do this and that was sort of like you know the the sort of like vision that we think of today as modern slavery, yeah. right? Or not modern slavery, like the slavery yeah, of whatever child, that era is. Cattle slavery. Yeah. Um, and they were like, this will successfully get them to focus on this, you know, like very visible, like difference between them and let's sort of squall amongst themselves and not worry about the fact, because they're obviously very outnumbered in the situation. Yeah. The, the landowning slave owners, right? So it's like, oh no, like if they really want to revolt, they probably could overthrow us. No problem.
1: Yeah. You know? No. Yeah. No. No problem at all. Yeah. No. It's um, I mean, it's classic, and it's like straight from a a book. It is
0: evil genius, right? Because it's like incredible that that idea has been so strong that has persisted today.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. This, there's so much like science, backing up this idea that like, truly, I mean, like you know, the genetic differences, like the the DNA differences, just like aren't really there, (laughs) right? Like there's mm-hmm. some there's some like genetics that are at play to make us look different but you know but really, also the
0: genetics doesn't really even still justify any kind of like societal component that race plays today yeah right no. even if it were true you
1: yeah, know truly I mean like truly I think that I you know I' I've become a little you know I, I'm I, I kind of roll my eyes a little bit when people say that like things are just social constructs or whatever um, but as far as social constructs go like this is like you know, 100%, right? Like, there's nothing, like, there's nothing about this, like, difference in our society that's rooted in any, like, in any, you know, actual reasoning. Just, like, made up. 100% made up. Right.
0: <laughs> but the thing is, the reasoning, I think, is, like, actually very, like, clear and useful to the ruling class. And, like, yeah. it, it's, like, a very specific, very, like, strong reason. I you, know? Like
1: a, you know, I feel like a lot of things <laughs> in our world are just, like, especially, you know, they always end up benefiting the ruling class, right? Like, a lot of these things are just, like, made up to divide us, right? Mm-hmm. It's super, like, it's, like, super useful to, you know, like, the rich ruling class today that there are poor Democrats and poor Republicans, right? Like they're Like, mm-hmm. it's super useful that, like, there's this like we have this like very divisive ideology around everything mm-hmm. um i mean i always think about our episode with kevin where he was just like you know like all of this shit is just to keep employees from banding together <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and and revolting against against their employers you know like the more divided that they can like keep us by class um you know within a class the easier it is to you know Quell any like actual revolution. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, but you're right. It is some like it is some real evil genius shit, and it worked. Right. Hand over fist. It worked. It worked so incredibly well.
0: And you're like, why can't there be like good genius people out there (laughs) creating these ideas that are like you know gonna last through like you know the test of time? Yeah. You know what I mean? I think they do.
1: They just don't. I think well, they what, have been. You,
0: like, what would you say? Like, can you think of an example of, like, a sort of, like, net positive idea that has had that kind of, like, staying power? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm not thinking of, like, ideas. I'm thinking of, like, inventions. I just feel like good things, by their nature, people just forget about them. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, whatever. Because they're like, just. Like, let's
0: like, fo- focus on solving the problems.
1: They just become our standard of living, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, um,. But I'm trying to think of, like, I'm trying to think of, like, an example of a good thing that we benefit from every day and don't realize it.
0: Because, like, the things that come to mind for me are things like germ theory. But that wasn't, like, I guess that was sort of, like, created for the benefit of, like, you know, helping people live, you know? Um But I don't know, it doesn't have the same kind, the quality of like, oh, like, we're going to engineer society this way. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, so incredibly pervasive.
0: It's just like, oh, we're just uncovering something that already exists in the world that we don't really have any control over, (laughs) Right. you know?
1: Right, You know, like, (laughs) I mean, I I was thinking about just now, like, what if, credit is pretty bad, right? Credit is pretty hard and bad for people, Mm, because but... I don't know like what's the net what's the net impact of credit of being able to buy things that you can't afford right then in that moment.
0: Like, you know, realistically, that's that is the notion of credit is basically what powers our economy. Right. Because like the notion that, you know, capitalism requires you to constantly grow. The only way to constantly grow is to be able to have access to credit. Right. Yeah. Like there's really no other way to make a system like that
1: work. Yeah. But the things right. that you need credit for, <clears throat> like the biggest things you need credit for in your life, are like if you want to buy a house, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to buy a car, um, I guess I don't know. Can you count school in this? Like, you take on you take on debt to go to school. I don't know if you call that credit.
0: Do they? Do they? I mean, when you, I assume most students don't have a credit score by the time they are actually trying to apply for loans. Do they pay attention oh, to your credit when you're no, doing student loans?
1: Not at all. Um, they just like. Yeah, no. They, I think they just give you them at like the, whatever the fe- the federally accepted rate is if you're getting federal loans.
0: So they don't deny students loans, basically.
1: No, or, I think it's completely need based. Okay. Um, at least FAFSA, and mm-hmm. you can get some merit based stuff too. And then if you if you can't get, I mean, I haven't heard of a situation where. Actually, no, I have. It's I've heard of situations where kids couldn't get loans because they're on paper their family made too much money but because of their family situation um they weren't able to get the loans they needed um Mm -hmm. i have a friend that became emancipated from her parents when she turned like 19 or something because her parents like cut her off because she wasn't living life the way that she wanted that they wanted her to live yeah um and we're like okay well i'm not gonna I'm not going to pay for your school. And she had to like get emancipated so she could apply for FAFSA. Um, So I think it's need based um, in an imperfect system as I just as I just uh, explained. And I think if all else failed, you can get some really predatory high interest um, private loans. And those would be high interest because you don't have an established credit history. Yeah. Um, Unless you could get like, you know, your rich parent to co-sign for you. But. If you could do that you probably wouldn't be in this would have gotten
0: yeah exactly
1: um so no i don't i don't think credit is the answer to your question i think credit's actually probably pretty bad i mean yeah um like
0: the average person many probably good for 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 the ruling class and bad for the working yeah Yeah. so
1: this is yeah exactly the exact opposite of what we're talking about yeah um uh let's see anything else i don't know i mean you know roads are cool <laughs> i i'm having yeah i'm having trouble with, I, I i think of inventions um i'm having trouble thinking of like an ideology that has really just set us on the right path you know mm-hmm. i mean like i don't know is like is it too is it laughable to say democracy I Well, don't know. i mean
0: uh It's kind of hard
1: we haven't really had a true democracy. Yeah. We're at it we're I mean, like we're getting truer, you know, we're we're trending truer and truer in democracy in our country, but we're still not there.
0: But 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 like in contrast to what came before, which I guess would have been monarchism. Yeah. Even the notion that people should have a say in self governance is like definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah. Hopefully. Right. I mean, I do think that there is some question around whether or not democracy actually like gives people what's in their own best interest. Because if you look at a lot of like, you know, referendum issues, like Brexit was a referendum issue. Like a lot of people are very uh, able to be misled by the ruling class in a democracy anyway, given our media
1: environment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a good point.
0: And I mean, like. I, I have this friend who works for the tree department in Philadelphia and she's like, Yeah, a lot of people in these like low income neighborhoods actually don't want trees because like they're worried about allergies, they're worried about leaf litter and stuff like that. And like a lot of it is us having to just educate them that actually like, you know, trees are really good for preventing like, you know, heat sinks and you know, it'll it'll help in all kinds of like air quality and like all kinds of ways. And it's just sort of like, Okay, well, at what point is this us sort of like being patronizing and being like, You don't know what you want, right? Versus yeah. like actually helping them you know
1: <laughs> yeah um i mean the yeah i think that like the concept i mean there's uh, there's a balance with everything so i think about like when you give like power to the people or give people the the uh, the the you know the opportunity to behave mostly in ways that they want to behave and like act in their own self-interest um you create a society like ours that like you know has some pro points but also like won't won't come together it's to, a you know get a vaccine to end a pandemic or whatever mm-hmm. um but i don't know this might be american exceptionalism but you know like i i would rather live in a, in a democracy environment than not mm-hmm. right um certainly things are substantially better than they used to be you know as this country was like forming or whatever sure um but i think you know i think many of our more like kind of cynical contemporary like peers would say that um you know the systems are just more shrouded now like there is still a ruling class um but the systems to keep that class in in place and powerful are just like behind a bunch of like trap doors now. Like but the, the, the fact college. that they
0: need to be behind trapdoors because the concept that like, you know, people actually deserve to like, you know, have, you know, autonomy and th- that kind of thing. Yeah. Like is a more popular concept in our society, right? Before it didn't even, they didn't have to like pretend, but now at least they have to pretend. Yeah, right?
1: for sure. <laughs> certainly, certainly things are better. Mm -hmm. um so i don't know maybe that i don't know like the the concept that like people people should be able to make their own decisions live freely Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's kind of i mean that's kind of that's kind of transformative i think yeah but um it's also slow you know and flawed um (laughs) i think (laughs) you know maybe the whole like creating the concept of race was also slow and flawed but it just seems like it went so perfectly
0: (laughs) right 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 like when we look at like society now you're like oh like this seems like it went exactly as planned
1: (laughs) (laughs) it seems like they did a really really good job even better
0: like they couldn't have known that like you know oh we would be arguing about this like you know hundreds of years in the future yeah right <laughs> that's like they probably weren't even trying to plan for that they were probably just you know worried about their own you know whatever land-owning interests
1: yeah man <laughs> class is so bad like class yeah. is just like really like so incredibly terrible mm-hmm. you know um i get why there have been like you know people that spend their whole lives thinking about ways to not to obliterate class from a from a society because it is just awful. <laughs> like the, the, the money motivation is just like, you know, people do really, really awful things.
0: Yeah, but the thing is that like, you know, it's so like, you literally cannot create societal change without class. So you have to get some minimal level of buy-in, right? To do any of the like possible interventions you would want to do, Yeah. right?
1: You need like intercurrent current society yeah yeah that's true
0: right because like it's sort of like what actual tactics would people come up with in terms of dismantling class right like the only real things i can think of are things like ubi right the welfare state like actually i i was so not um aware of this like i was recently at my friend teo's house and we were discussing like how much of our government's money goes to welfare essentially? Yeah. And I totally thought that by far the largest expense, what you know, of the government was the military and that's completely false. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like less it's way less than half. Yeah. Um and like the number one thing that we spend money on is things like Medicare, and Medicaid, Social Security. Yep. And it's like even a lot of the things that I think a lot of the liberal sort of like influencers that I follow um or think about, you know, who think about policy suggest like taxing the rich like would absolutely not uh fill the gap of like social security is supposed to basically run out in
1: 2035.
0: Yeah. Right? And like taxing the rich would not even remotely like even if you tax them at like you know the most aggressive levels that like Elizabeth Warren or like Robert Reich have suggested would not even get us close to being able to actually like f- fill that gap. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, we spend a lot of money on on social like social sur- social support programs. Right. Um and that like thinking about that I don't know, it's such a shame because like <laughs> as someone that's like you know we spent it we spend this money like uh, giving it to the states a lot of this is like in the form of a block grants to states mm-hmm. for them to run their own programs and um social support programs work to be clear like they're you know there's data backing them when you give people money to do things um right they their lives improve and they become you know better at generating more money for the economy themselves like they they work 100 percent yeah um so um, but yet yeah, there's like there's a hesitancy to make sure or to ensure like federal standards on them, right There are a couple of like there are a couple of programs that have that have federal mandates like snap um, And then there' are these like block grants of programs that like that states run that have a limited pool of money um, that states have like the opportunity, or there's no, like, standards on, like, how, for example, TANF gets, like, advertised or how accessible it is. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of red states just, like, really bury it. <laughs> yeah. They're, like, we're not going to push this towards people. We're not going to, like, you know, go out of our way to make sure people are signing up for TANF for WIC or whatever. Um, So, you know, like, I guess my point here is that, like, we do have this giant budget, but I, you know, I really, I question... I mean, are, the U.S. is just like, we're so bad at, at efficiency and optimization as it relates to programs, right? Or mm-hmm. anything, really. Um, because to ensure efficiency, we w- it would require like manda- like mandating things federally. And mm-hmm. the states really, really hate that. Um, because like almost every other part of our government, this is seen as such a partisan issue, you know? Mm-hmm. Um it's just like, <laughs> I mean, it's so goddamn silly because like, you know, a quick look at the data shows that people, you know, the average person, I think I, if I remember the stat correctly, the average person that spends time on food stamps is only on food stamps for like 16 to 18 months or something like that. Like okay. it's quite, it's quite effective at being a temporary relief program mm-hmm. and, um, uh, you know, like We should just like you know it's it's quite a marvel because the u.s are are, we're quite frankly pretty bad at like creating effective programs (laughs) like you know like snap is this like kind of like it should be touted as a victory because it's so good at doing what at doing exactly what it was intended to or like mitigating the problem that like it exactly was written to mitigate like that's so rare (laughs) um uh but yeah yeah no, i i i'm happy i mean like you know i i don't know i don't know if i would have before you said that maybe i, w- I probably would have said the military too mm-hmm. um but you know isn't that good i don't know like isn't like the government should be spending the vast majority of its of its money on people on its. well people. that's the thing
0: that's the thing that is is was surprising to me about it is that Basically, the system that exists now is pretty much the system that I want, but I feel like I'm surrounded by people who share the same values with me, who are like, the system sucks and it's broken. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like, we don't, we don't seem to think about or pay attention to the fact that like, no, actually, like, <laughs> we actually do have quite a lot of systems that are doing exactly what we wanted them to, but that's not a news story, yeah. right?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So it's not in our public consciousness to be like, oh, yep snap still working like
1: yeah no yeah, no it's not yeah no we're not we're not good at that at all but i mean because like i think i mean i think largely because it's so politicized like whenever snap comes in the news it's because like um it's because like someone's trying to modify it or, you know like someone's trying to like limit it or put work requirements on it or something like that you know
0: yeah um well Here's here's another thing that I'm in the process of trying to understand more about, right? So I joined this book group that I didn't realize was actually a theology book group. It was not like made evident to me. It was just a friend of mine who's like, oh, I'm starting a book group, you know? Yeah. And, you know, as someone who was not raised in any kind of religious environment, like I have not read anything even remotely <laughs> theological before. Right, But the thing that was so striking to me about it was that it's so explicitly like Christianity is the like doctrine of the oppressed. It's all about liberation. It's all about fighting for people who do not have power in society. Like it's so explicit about that in the most passionate of terms. Yeah. Right? And then you're like, what? I'm so curious to actually understand like what is it That gets lost in translation between that doctrine that's like, you know, as it's just incredibly explicit, right? Between that and actual policymaking in red states where they're like, oh, yeah, let's get rid of all of these welfare measures.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I think it goes back so incredibly long. Like, I think like the second that (laughs) the second that, you know, Christianity or like any other religion was created people realized how like how amazing of a tool it was to seize power i think it's been i think it's been like corrupted almost from the instant it was created you know like there's like like the 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 catholic popes uh you know throughout like history have there have been so many that have just been like you know used their like used their <laughs> their religious stature to just collect money for the people and, like, live lavishly, right? Like, it's, like, I think it's, like, it's been, you know, there's a history of taking advantage of this religion that's, like, long withstanding, right? I think that, like... But,
0: like, it can make sense why the ruling class is doing that. Like, they're saying one thing and doing another. But, like, there's just something about my worldview that really just refuses to believe that people, like the people who are being governed, are just not able to like reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm really reason like I don't way? believe that that's true. Like reason in the sense like see these like levels of hypocrisy between what they're reading when they go to church or like what they're listening to when they go to church every Sunday and like, the actual facts of the s- situations they're creating in their political environment.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know? ch- yeah, I, I I, get what you're saying. It's pretty abstract, dude. I don't know. I feel like... I feel like when you go to church, like, you know, the messaging... I you know, the messaging very well might not be, like, it's not okay that there are so There's so much, like, wealth inequality in the world, right? Yeah. It's... um you know they're like kind of like abstract high level bits of guidance like i'm thinking i'm thinking about what like what a sermon is right now
0: but the thing is like the like, bible doesn't seem that abstract to me jesus is literally like here feed the fish f- to the poor like yeah, that seems incredibly concrete
1: the jesus part is pretty i mean that's only like half of the bible okay you know like there's a the bible's pretty dense too there's like a lot of like there's a lot of pre-jesus stuff <laughs> um and
0: did you have to read the Bible when you were growing up
1: I didn't have to I read some of it I certainly okay. have read like maybe one percent <laughs> okay <laughs> you know? um yeah. so I'm by no means a Bible expert but there are books that have nothing to, I mean there are many books in the Bible that have nothing to do with Jesus there are many mm-hmm. books in the Bible that have nothing to do with the poor right um I would say it's like a little bit it kind of like Saying that like Christianity is like all about, you know, helping the oppressed. I think is a little like glossing over a lot of the bullshit. There's there's a lot there's a lot of bullshit in the Bible, you know. Okay. There's a lot of like, you know, there's like pages upon pages upon pages of, of things like, how you shouldn't eat shellfish, right? Like, like you know, like, and there's certainly a narrative to it, but the whole shtick and i think this is maybe what has a lot to do with like the different kind of sectors of christianity that we get is that there's so much of the bible and a lot of it's quite different from from each other it, it contradicts itself a lot yeah um and you know that creates room for people to kind of just cherry pick a verse and use it to justify their behavior right like mm-hmm you know, the Bible also says you should be giving money to your church. Mm-hmm. And um, the Pope was like, here in the Bible, it says it. you need to give me money. If not, you're going to go to hell. Right. Mm-hmm. Like um, the like, I think it's like easiest to kind of glom on to the Jesus stuff mm-hmm. because it's the most relatable. And that's I mean, that's kind of what I did when I was more of a, a religious person. And yeah. um. But, yeah, there's a lot of other shit, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> um, yeah. And you can, you know, I think that, like, if you, you know, no matter your ideology, you could find something in the Bible to support it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's like, you know, it's like people get to kind of create their own it's kind of a choose your own adventure when it comes to studying the bible (laughs) um which is why you know which is why i i think the idea of like a religious text generally is just like kind of so inherently flawed right because someone just wrote it like some people just wrote it Mm -hmm. and you know i have i don't i don't have any like stats or facts to back this up but i feel like i've been told that like You know there are the books the bible's changed over the years about like what kind of books made it into the bible and what books made it out of the bible that's why there's like a king a king james version right um there are like several different versions of the bible and the king james version is like literally you know king james of england was like these are the books that i want to be included in the bible because these are the ones that i like yeah right so like in terms of like i mean we're talking about manufacturing power what you know what better way to manufacture power than to choose the books in the bible that you think would make you know the people you're ruling most most lean it towards you
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which is so which that seems to be like a critical juncture of christianity because it does seem like at the very beginning christianity was really trying to be a like you know we For are the oppressed and we're trying yeah. to help the people who are oppressed
1: yeah i agree you know yeah i agree but something changed right away mm-hmm. you know right away
0: well i mean i don't know is it right away like how far between the actual uh, whatever. But I mean, I'm sure it was written over a period of time. But like that happening, and like the King James version, for example, like is that thousands of years or hundreds of years, or know. is it's that probably, like actually? It's probably I like yet. a
1: thousand years. I don't know. Okay. You know, I don't really know either. Um. But you know, <laughs> I mean, like before, because
0: like this is, I think, a perfect example of when people say, "Oh, like if there we if we lived in an alternate universe where it, we're not like." white men who were in power, and it was some other group they're in power, like it wouldn't be like this. Because like Christianity actually seems like a pretty good example of like a people going from like an oppressed class to a empowered class and it totally not being any different from like anything else. You know what I mean? Like. I don't necessarily, like, you know, based on this kind of, like, what we've seen come to pass, I don't believe that a society that was, like, ruled by women or ruled by black people, right, would necessarily be, like, so much better than what we've got going on today, right? Yeah. Because, like, it does seem like the the through line is not, like, especially given that, like, race seemed to have been actually constructed, like, pretty recently, like... (laughs) That 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 those are the things that actually determine like whether society is governed like uh, equitably or not.
1: Yeah. No, I think that. Oh, oh, sorry. It's OK. I think that that's horseshit. Yeah, I know. I like, <laughs> like <laughs> the through line has always been money and power. Right. Yeah. It's always been like, you know, there have been so many societies that. Have been utterly like oppressed and destroyed by non-white people, right? Like, yeah, it just that you know that's just our the, our world's history, right? Like, the Mongols were not white, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> notoriously <laughs> brutal, right? Like, you know, like it's just like, yeah, um, people, you know, power structures are created, people there's something about, like, in our I feel like in our nature that makes us really love power and wants to hold on to it no matter what. Yeah. And power inherently means that, like, that you are, you know, that you're oppressing some other people. And, um, you know, I think that, like, the tale is as old as time. The gap will always widen and it doesn't matter what group gets it, right? Like, if we... This is why this like pendulum government system that we have just so so incredibly like troubles me, um, because if we got like <laughs> I feel like if we got exactly what we wanted, like if we got everything what we wanted today, I think in fifty years the the progressives would have fucked we'll, we'll have fucked it up somehow, you know, like like yeah, you know, I because I don't I don't think that certainly a politicians or whatever like the motivations are pure um i've i've met some people, what do you mean
0: by the motivations are pure
1: like i've met some people that are like oh i'm sure joe biden's not gonna run again mm. and i'm like why the f- why would you ever think that ever mm-hmm. and i mean people legitimately think that like joe biden as a democrat understands that he's like too old and isn't the proper figurehead and really thought, ha- thought of himself as just like a stopover between like trump and whoever like the next real like democratic leader is um that's not true like joe biden will run again because white men do not cede power ever <laughs> like
0: well and even like rgb didn't think that either right
1: <laughs> yeah like people like you know people in power do not cede it and to, you know like like and i think that like that's what i meant by, by the motivations aren't pure if joe biden like truly really and truly like wanted what was best you know for like the the progressive party or whatever he definitely wouldn't run again um because mm-hmm. he's pretty unpopular you know like he's like you know the the he, people are just like very very mad on him um but he definitely will because he wants to be president <laughs> um and he's positioned better than ever to do so for you know the 2024 term i just think that like you know like We've. I mean, we've talked about this before on this show. In order to make, in order like to make the change, you have to get a lot of power, and then on the way, you're like, this is actually sick. <laughs> actually, yeah, it's
0: sort of like it's almost like what is actually the point? Like, does it actually even matter who's in power?
1: Yeah, that's a fantastic question. <laughs> it's a fantastic question. Um, inherently, the answer must be yes but why do you say that i guess the question is how much how much doesn't matter
0: (laughs) one of the things that i appreciated about this book group was they asked me um like they had everybody go around the room and talk about as by way of interaction not only like their uh like racial and geographical background like you know where did you grow up and like you know what where are your parents from and like you know that kind of thing but also like your class background they're like you know i want you to specifically talk about like your relationship to money like how much do you make and like what is your the thing that they asked the end is funny because i think they were asking it framing it in this way specifically for my benefit because i was the only like non-religious person there is like they would have just been like oh what's your faith background yeah or like the like what gives you purpose or something and they're and and it was funny because they when they got to me they're like oh if you have one like if you have something that gives you purpose you know and it's funny because like you know uh i can see why especially after reading some of this like book that we're reading which is like the black a, a black theology of liberation why they would say something like that because reading this book I was like oh like this person believes this so fervently yeah and so like just it's so very clear from like the way that he's writing and i'm like do i do I know literally anyone who believes something like with this conviction
1: yeah no no, no. i mean like maybe i don't know I don't know I, th- I think it's like <laughs> as- Especially as it relates to like Ways to achieve liberation I'm more confused than anything else You know Like I mean maybe this is just my brain But I Have a hard th- I mean this is at the- really like at the root of the conversation I have a hard time trusting anybody To do anything good enough for a long time <laughs> Um hmm you know, I've like movements are just people. And yeah. um and you know, I I I think that like all I can do is like support <laughs> and hope that if and when we do get what we want we don't fuck it up <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> really bad. Um because, you know I mean yeah, that's I, I think that's all you can do. That's all I can do. Um, All right. Well, follow us. I'm the villain pod. Leave us five stars. Hang out with us. Talk to us. Um, We're excited to be, you know, still producing content for all the people. (laughs) all the people in the world. (laughs) Um, Okay. Bye.